You're listening to Meet the RIA, and in this special podcast edition of the show, you'll get expert insight from some of the top registered investment advisors in the country. Here's your host, Jenna Dagenhart, along with special guest, Jamie Hopkins, Managing Partner of Wealth Solutions at Carson Group. Hello and welcome to Meet the RIA. Joining us now is Jamie Hopkins, Managing Partner of Wealth Solutions at Carson Group. Jamie, it's great to have you back with us. Could you start by giving our viewers an intro to Carson Group and what's top of mind for the firm in 2022, which to say the least has been off to a bit of a scary start for markets. Yeah, well, thanks so much, Jenna, and everyone for having us back on. Uh, real quickly, you know, Carson uh, Group uh, is based out of Omaha, Nebraska. Ron Carson was our CEO and founder uh, back going all the way back to 1983. Uh, we have roots uh, from his college dorm room, and uh, I, I love that part. It makes me smile a little bit every time I hear it. To Now we're really a national RIA. We do a couple different things. We've got a retail client business. We also partner with uh, advisors to really help them grow their business uh, from a you know, kind of an ecosystem approach where we integrate technology. And then we also have one of the largest, if not largest coaching companies out there for advisors. So we do a lot of different things. And, you know, as you said, what's on top of our mind for the year, a lot of things, obviously the markets, as you said, have been a little bit crazy to start off the year and really finding the right uh, clients for advisors is a big thing in our mind this year. Ron's been out there talking about it, but just work. I don't know if you say double down, triple down, whatever the amount might be on uh, building that lead gen and conversion engine for uh, the advisors that we work with is a big uh, of focus for us on the corporate side this year. And I know you've been around the country speaking lately. What are the biggest questions that you're getting from people? What do they want to know? Yeah, one of the biggest questions I've been getting this year, and I've been back on the road, and I was telling you before we started, I was in Yuma, Arizona, first time to Yuma uh, in my life, but we have an office out there in Yuma. We'd have about 120 uh, clients come to an event, which was all about tax planning. So, you know, sometimes I get good tax questions, but a lot of times I get questions about different things. Taxes are on people's minds, but I didn't really have follow-up questions on the tax side. I really had questions around cryptocurrency. I had questions about real estate. That was a really big one. Obviously, just the markets. Where do you see things going? Should you reallocate? Uh, that's a scary question. And then the kind of combo of interest rates and inflation are definitely on people's minds. I'll, I'll go backwards real quick on just these for a couple seconds, which is the inflation and interest rate one. The, the thing that I've realized about this is inflation's a little bit different this time in the sense that some of the items that people are feeling inflation on, I, I what I say is like they're visible, they're feelable. So when somebody gets gas and gas prices have gone back up, they go to Home Depot and lumber prices have tripled. They're very visual approaches to it, where sometimes we see inflation on things that we're not seeing that sticker price right in front of us, like college education if you're not paying for college today and you're probably not daily, you don't see that inflation. So this inflation feels a little different to people. Real estate prices, everyone's just wondering. I mean, some areas of the country, right, it's like 30, 40 percent spikes over the last year, uh, especially, you know, in some vacation areas. And, that you know, that's obviously not a sustainable period. But then should they sell rental properties and reallocate a big question on people's mind? Crypto, I mentioned. Uh, and what I heard out there was a very different thing. You know, if you're listening to this, you're probably a little a little bit more on the tech savvy uh, side of humanity. You know, you're listening to a podcast, you're watching a video online, you probably are aware of crypto, you pay attention to it some, even if you're not an investor. And what I heard out in Yuma was very different. It was, I really hope.
hope my advisor is not investing my money in crypto. The short answer is advisors should never be investing clients' money in things they don't understand or know that they're investing in. But that was just a different, like, I kind of forget about it sometimes too, but that there's a large portion of the country that falls into that group. And then the markets this week, uh, as we were saying, I don't know if we're officially in correction territory as of today, but uh, if not, <laughs> maybe we are by the time you're listening to this. Mm hmm. And uh, while crypto is very new to many investors, you've been familiar with crypto investing for more than a decade or so now, Jamie. H how do you think about crypto, especially in these volatile markets? I take a different approach on crypto than if you kind of think of an investment philosophy on it. I look at it more as a technology. And I remember reading, it was in one of Warren Buffett's books, and he talked about airline industry and that airlines were outside of maybe the internet, the most disruptive technology, you know, in the past hundred years. However, right from like nine, you know, in, in the two that, you know, what I get the 20th century, you really couldn't have made a true, really good, you know, kind of investment play on airplanes. The total net investments that went into the airline industry was actually less than the total returns that it provided over the course of that essentially like hundred year period, which is crazy to think about, right? Like there are good airplane companies, but there's so many that failed. I look at crypto in a similar way. We know it's a valuable technology if you think about blockchain, digital currencies, digital assets. However, that ability to make you know a very concentrated investment play on it could be very challenging as we've seen with other technologies. The other thing I always point out is that, you know, this is a technology. It's a, you know, you could talk about it as a software, or however you want to view it. But there are very few times that I can think of, if any, where the first iteration of a technology was the one that won out over time. And so that's what I like to bring people back to when I think about this. Like, if you believe it's a technology and innovation, name me the first, right, innovation in an area where that was the one that won out. Clearly, it wasn't planes. It wasn't the internet. It wasn't browsers. It wasn't computers. It wasn't phones. It wasn't wheels. Even though we make the joke about don't reinvent the wheel, we literally have reinvented the wheel thousands and thousands of times, right? A stone wheel is not an efficient wheel to use. So I think look at crypto a little bit in that sense of understanding the technology behind it. Um, and then if you do invest, right, I, I've always said one to 3% uh, is my you know kind of rule of thumb. I was in my book, Rewirement, I think back in 2016. And a lot more people have adopted that since then as kind of an allocation rule. But there's a lot of risk with it, a lot of volatility. So putting putting a lot into it uh, does bring a certain level of risk attached to that. And going back to taxes, I know we're still a ways away, but it'll sneak up on us like it always does. What are some uh, tax mistakes to avoid as well as some things that make sure you don't forget about? Yeah, well, I think uh, we head into tax season officially this week. So we are here, <laughs> right? It, it doesn't it's feel us. Like, <laughs> yeah, it actually doesn't feel like it ended for the last maybe three years. And that's been tough. It's uh, been really tough for the CPA world. It's something I've talked about in other interviews. I, I have a concern about the CPA world, just talking to a lot of CPAs. Are there going to be enough of them? They're burning out. You're seeing, if you go look at the brokerage uh, companies out there, there's probably a record high of CPA firms for sale right now, too. And uh, so there's definitely some challenges there. As we think about heading into tax season, 
I think for the advisors that are listening, that part, right, should be something that kicks in your head. Like, is there a risk for one of the solutions for my clients from tax planning? So what technology am I using? Am I looking at things like FP Alpha and Holista Plan to bring in some tax planning into my firm? And then am I going to insource or outsource tax filing over time? There's a I don't know if we call it a, a true movement yet, but I would say a micro movement in the advisory world to bring that tax planning internal so you can control that full experience for the client. I think that's a question a lot of people are going to have to ask. And then, you know, if you're a regular investor, you're out there in the world, you I would think that's a good question to ask yourself too. Do I want one experience where, you know, my advisor and my tax planner are together, or do I want to continue the experience where they're separate? And often I hear from people, right, that my advisor and my, uh, you you know, tax professional don't agree on strategies. They don't think the same way. And I think as you start to think long-term, is that the best way to be approaching this? As we head into the planning season, just keep an eye. There's still a slight risk that we see some retroactive tax changes going back to, to, to last year, especially with the SALT cap deduction. There are some governors out there, uh, New Jersey governor, for instance, been on TV last week saying he still wants to push for that. So uh, there's some risk we could see some retroactive tax changes. I think for high income earners and i'm talking about you know three hundred four hundred thousand dollars a year of income and above there's probably a good notion to kind of wait and see right now trying to get your taxes in you know beginning of february might not actually be the best strategy for you well jamie always great to have you thanks for joining yeah i really appreciate it thanks for having me on and all the great work that you do Yeah, and thanks to everyone watching and uh, happy tax season. Once again, I was joined by Jamie Hopkins, Managing Partner of Wealth Solutions at Carson Group. I'm Jenna Dagenhart with Asset TV. Thanks for tuning in to Meet the RIA. Be sure to visit AssetTV.com, your source for financial news and information. And to check out our other additional episodes of Meet the RIA.